got the Sportsgasmic pod back for like the 3.0 edition. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the third Probably. time we brought it back after a long break because we have lives that get in the way of doing what we love, which is just <laughs> drinking beer and talking about sports. <laughs> yeah. And it is 3.0 because um, you're over 30. I'm 10 days away. So literally 3.0 yeah. or 3.0, whatever. <laughs> and it started so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Shay's back because we still just talk about sports all the time. It's what we do. Um, so yeah, we're going to start off with, I think what we, because I mean, pretty much, even though we haven't actually potted for like, I don't know, a year and a half, two years, we still just talk about it all the time through text and whatever. So it's essentially like we're still just on the same run of form. We just haven't actually put it verbally for a long time. Um, but I yeah. guess what we talk about a lot at the moment is NBA, uh, of course. because honestly, it's probably that, you know, the NFL has always said it's a year round league, but I think the NBA is kind of taken over that at the moment because absolutely, it's just absolutely nuts with everything that's going on uh, on the court, but just as much off it now. Of course. And like, that's what makes it more fun. And I care way more about the NBA off season. And you and I have talked about this a lot over text that I care more about the NBA off season than I do the NFL off season at all. And it used to be this thing where we gear up like the combines going on right now. I used to care about that. Now it's just like, whatever it doesn't combine results really don't mean anything in the long run. But with the NBA, you have the drama of all these players wanting to play with their friends yeah, <laughs> or trying to play in LA or New York or just going to a winner. I don't know. It's just drama filled. And there's so many storylines, I guess, compared to the NFL where it's just like, Oh yeah, he ran a four, three, three, 30 or 40. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> I got yeah. 30 on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Like the, the combine's going on right now. And apart from like how tall Kyler Murray is, no one really gives a shit at the moment, do they? Not really. And um, I think that is a really interesting story. And I think if this happened maybe 15 years beforehand, he would have maybe tried to play both. But yeah, I think with the way social media dictates things now that there's no way he's not going to be getting slammed by fans if he tried to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, there's those few high profile ones who did it back in the day. And Mm -hmm. you could say it was some success, but maybe there was always the talk in the background of like, if they just focused on one, could they be like, really great at that one so mm-hmm. yeah i think that's the decision he's made and obviously money talks as well so yeah and we did this is an nba podcast and we led with it so <laughs> it is still very important obviously yeah. but kyler murray is a definitely a different type of animal yeah um anyway speaking of players doing interesting things i guess <laughs> they <laughs> well there's, there's a lot um i wrote down the first one i wrote was note I had was player power and this is regarding Anthony Davis and all that shit show. Mm. <laughs> There's no other I mean, way, that's the no only other way, way to put that's, it. Yeah, that's all you can call it because it was so mishandled by the Lakers, Clutch Sports and Anthony Davis, I think. And I don't think it was really AD's fault, but um, he was just getting told a lot of things and he's young enough that he was impressionable still. Yeah. Um I mean, that's, I guess that's where to start with it is, um, has the NBA gone like, I was just thinking about this a lot over the last couple of months with how, you know, you've got Jimmy Butler keeps forcing his way to a new team every six months. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you that's know, abs- the players on teams get up unhappy and, and just 
decide they want to move. You know, Anthony Davis obviously was probably going to leave eventually, you know, either through free agency, but then he tried to force the uh, preemptive move to try and obviously get to – well, he says he had teams in mind, but it seemed like the Lakers were the one he was trying to get to. Absolutely. That was just covering his ass after that yeah. fell through. <laughs> <laughs> but is, like, the player power – you know, we've always said – well, um, you know, often said that it's good that players have a lot more power and what they do in modern sports because they are obviously – the thing that makes it, you know, the straw that stirs a drink in the sports world, because you can't, you can, you're not going to have a league, league without the players. But then, it seems like they've gotten so used to being able to just move whenever they want that it's kind, it's they just decide they just move around like it's a game of musical chairs. And if if something starts sucking, then they'll just move. Like we've got Kyrie Irving looking like, you know, at one point seemed like he was going to be a Celtic savior, and now <laughs> now no one no one wants to see him there ever again. So. And and he's like changed his tune and said, you know, at one point he was going to re-sign, and then now he's saying, don't ask me about it, and you know, <laughs> getting all moody and and just like whatever, man. I don't owe anyone shit. That all that stuff, which is mm. fine, but it's just it's yeah. taking over. Like I don't mind the drama, and the off this off season is going to be fun, and we can get to that. But Absolutely, at some yeah. point, it distracts from actually like just watching basketball as well. Well, and we can get to the Celtics mess um, <laughs> in a little bit but I but to the bigger point I think this generation of players just kind of represents our our generation of people really you know we want to be our own individual selves we're like we're the creative generation mm-hmm. I think I think that can be said of millennials granted you and me are like five years older than these guys so <laughs> we're, <good. laughs> we're just stuck in that so, awkward spot between the uh, the boomers and the millennials <laughs> Yeah, but I get where they're coming from more than where obviously the owners are coming from. And you watch all this old footage of NBA players read books about Bill Russell, Pete Maravich, all these greats. The the way they had to travel, the way they were treated by the ownership, like they were just pawns in their ultimate game. I like that the players realize that they are the, like you said, the straw that stirs the drinks. I think that's the important thing that's come out of this is it, good for fans probably not but it is good for player empowerment but us as fans we're gonna take it hard that's why it's nice to have a guy like damian lillard in portland is we're both blazers fans but i can't imagine being a new orleans pelicans fan yeah you know are are you gonna lose your franchise because anthony davis leaves because nobody's gonna come watch a tanking new orleans team yeah they've proven and and when you got seattle still like looming large and having their stadium (laughs) projects going like you know they're Mm -hmm. gonna get a team eventually and they'll be looking at the likes of the pelicans and and all of that just to, you know, as their options as possibly, you know, taking a, snagging a team from somewhere else rather than waiting for any for, like possible expansion. Mm-hmm. And like for Seattle to root to try to take a team from a city, I think would be super against their whole point all along is the fact that they lost the, the Sonics to OKC. So why would you then go and do that to another city? They need an expansion team, yeah. I think. But I don't I think, think they should be I, I think rooting for a team to fail. Yeah. Well, I, I guess they wouldn't be rooting for a team to fail, but they'll take one yeah. that they'll take one that is probably. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, and you that know. happens in sports. Yeah. yeah. It happens, but I would feel really bad for New Orleans, you know. Yeah, but then if that's just the way the team's going to keep getting run, then and the fans start, you know, not coming to the games, then sometimes what happens? But and that's you know that's where the player power and versus owners and. and that's what happens. Uh, I guess the Anthony Davis one, the other one. So the segue, which is this one's really 
mumbly, but <laughs> into <laughs> uh, into LeBron and the Lakers. Mm. Which I know we have differing opinions on LeBron, so. <laughs> yes, and I will say that, you know, mine are very personal. I just think he's corny, and I probably shouldn't yeah. be saying that on the podcast, but I, enough other people have said it that I think it's just, like, accepted that that's just fact at this point. But he was obviously a great winner and obviously a great player, probably the second best all time. But I think this season is a testament to that he really can't do it alone. He yeah. has some talent around him. But all the titles he's won have in all the finals he's been to, he's had a number two guy this year. He didn't have a number two guy and they're in 10th place mm -hmm. in, and they just lost to the Phoenix Suns who have already been eliminated from playoff contention. Yeah. They have 12 wins. And it, his body language was terrible last night. It was ridiculous. I understand. He definitely thought he was going to get another superstar. Um, so I guess my question to you would be, do you think this, this, run so far and there's plenty of time to turn around but do you think this run so far has tarnished his ultimate legacy i don't know i well some people will take it that way i my thoughts have been that he's it's been there's a mixture of it tarnishing his legacy a little bit which because it will because that's just what happens even if you don't believe it yourself the overall narrative will go that way uh mm -hmm. as, as as partly on lebron maybe but you know he he went to the lakers probably after his you know whatever that midnight chat with magic johnson was um who knows <laughs> he he probably went went there with certain expectations of who they were going to get and and it hasn't happened so so he's gone into the season and because he signed for once signed a multi-year contract <laughs> yeah he's he's yeah. playing the long game there because that's where he's he's ending his career there obviously being that he's he's already got his other interests in the entertainment business and making space jam 2 and all that so there is other <laughs> there, there was other motives to going to la but i assume he was still hoping to have one last little run of title runs in him um, with a team around him. So the long-winded answer is that, yeah, I don't think it tarnishes his legacy too much, but it will a little bit because that's just what, like I said, the narrative. But I think it, if the Lakers keep making bad decisions, their legacy starts for the last decade will be basically we fucked up Kobe's last couple of years <laughs> and then we muddled around, finally got LeBron and then couldn't, if they can't make having LeBron work for a couple of years, then that's as much on the Lakers as it is LeBron because LeBron's still just a player and obviously he, yeah. uh, he's a coach and a and a and an agent as well trying to get AD but still he can, he can only do so much in his position as a player but the Lakers are the ones that sign the players that try to woo other free agents and they haven't been able to do it you know Boogie mm -hmm. Boogie went and signed a minimum bloody contract at Golden State to be like the fifth wheel of that superstar He's team killing right? it. yeah rather than go to the lakers and might, maybe he will eventually i don't probably you know, in the off season <laughs> yeah but, um because they'll overpay him but i actually don't know what it depends what obviously a lot of pieces have to be moved around for i don't know how much boogie is going to command in the off season but it's going to be more than what he's getting at golden state right now mm -hmm. but we can get to that later obviously <laughs> um i i just wonder with lebron and i'm curious to hear what you think about it is like is he maybe just like over winning, I guess, to, you know, you said he's interested in other things. Obviously, all these guys are businessmen. Now. Mm. They're all that was always been a big thing for this generation of players. Does he like look at his three? What is it? Three and six record in the finals and say, well, you know, my legacy isn't going to be as this great winner. Maybe it's just going to be kind of like Will Chamberlain, this great points guy, this great stats guy. Obviously, 
in unreal talent that that we haven't seen in a long time since Jordan. Um, maybe there's other things to life than winning since I've already lost six finals. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's an interesting point because there is probably the if he gets to finals and loses them at this point, he's just like, well, obviously he hates like he's a just a consummate like competitor. I'm just trying to kick my mm-hmm. kick yeah. my cat away at the moment. Um, so yeah, I locked my door from my cat. Too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think yeah, he's probably. I mean, we saw that was it the Instagram post the other day where he put up the top only one top ten points and assists and. So there is a certain, I think there is a certain part of his career that he does want to try and get as high as he can on these leaderboards and kind of cement his spot at the top there in that respect. But I think legacy-wise, just one... <laughs> the cat's just climbing walls, literally. Um, one it after a baseball player and we're talking about <laughs> basketball, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, just one title at LA would be the... Because, you know, he could be the one that brought, you know brings back, the, you know... The Lakers' success is probably he went Lakers, there. He yeah. went there expecting that kind of that kind of run. I think, obviously, especially with the uh, Kobe versus LeBron arguments back in the day as well, that might be in the background. <laughs> who who knows what his inner motivations were? But I think there's a lot of reasons. I think one of them would be that he does genuinely expect to be able to win a title there. So this start with how terrible it's been with the youngsters around him and. The terrible signings, it's not good. He's got a couple more years, but he's also going to start as superhuman as he is. He will start slowing down. He already is a little bit. He is um, a little bit. Man- yeah. You can tell he's load managing himself in, in games um, week night to night, week to week. Um, mm-hmm. And he has yeah. had one of his longest injury spells ever just a couple of months ago. So, yeah. That's going to happen with the minutes he's played. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the thing that tarnishes... I guess just this season even more is Lakers fans love winners and they were concerned about him coming to LA and not winning. I mm-hmm. mean, they defaced murals, you know, all Lakers Twitter is insane. So they obviously <laughs> threw him under the bus all off season and now he's not winning and the Lakers fans are used to winning. They win a lot, yeah. <laughs> you know, with everybody, with all superstars. And now LeBron's come, come to LA. Granted, he missed a ton of games, but, they're still not winning with him in the lineup and it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. I mean, in the back of my mind, I still feel like they are. I don't know your thoughts on that, but it just feels like LeBron's not, a LeBron led team. Isn't going to miss the playoffs. I, yeah, I actually think they will. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. the, the, yeah. the bad run they're on the uh, negativity around it. If he does go into, you know, playoff mode or whatever he calls it, um, yeah, sure. They'll Zero pick- dark 30, 23, I believe is what he calls it. <laughs> If that happens, yeah. he'll, they'll pick up some results, but they're they're still relying on others slipping. And you know, Sacramento are interesting and fun and a good league pass, very fun league pass team yeah. now, pretty much. Um, Here's the, the question: Would you rather watch the Lakers or the Kings play the Warriors in the first round? Yeah, Kings would be way more fun because the Lakers obviously both would be fun, but the I Lakers think the will Kings probably get smoked. Yeah, I think the King, Kings would make it five, and I think the Lakers would get swept immediately. Yeah. And so, then, and that just wouldn't be fun, you know. Watching LeBron get swept in the first round would probably be better for. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what would be better for the Lakers to just miss the playoffs and really have to hit some kind of reset and work and realize that it's going to take a lot more than just LeBron. But yeah, yeah. Would it be good for them? And this got brought up on another podcast that was not ours, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> would it be better for them just to sit LeBron the rest of the year and tank? 
I know everybody hates tanking, but it is the norm now. Like there is a tank fest going on right now between the Suns, the Hawks, the Bulls, you know, the Knicks. Yeah, I'm <laughs> actively rooting for Knicks losses whenever I watch them. <laughs> I, I know that's insane. Like <laughs> it's the weirdest thing as a fan, but then you get so it's like when oh, who was it taking free throws the other night and he bricked both of them and I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Playing the fucking Cavs. And the Knicks have picked up big wins against, you know, semi good teams. One of them being the Lakers. Like, yeah. what are you guys trying to do? And, like, the Hawks and the Bulls went into quadruple overtime the other night. I was like, I thought both of you guys were trying to lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't get it. That's what makes it fun, though. And, like, people hate tanking, but I think it is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're gonna have a draft system, then there is a there is a reason in place to. I mean, look at what it's done for the 76ers. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, should the Lakers tank? Probably, but <laughs> but being because being in the middle, that's a, that's the age old cliche now is being in the middle in the NBA is the worst spot to be, and the Blazers have been there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. They finished third last year, but they're still in the middle. They're ending up with these draft picks that are, you know, anywhere from 18 to 24. It's, yeah, you're not getting superstars at that point. So yeah. it's a tough spot to be in. And that's where the Lakers seem to, I mean, they're in 10th right now. What's the best they could finish? Seventh, maybe? It's still the maybe. middle of the league. Yeah. It's still the little middle of the league. So I don't know. It's hard to do that to that fan base, especially when they've invested so much in it. But, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be one of the big stories of the offseason is what the Lakers, because I think this next season will be, you know, LeBron hopefully will still be at <clears throat> at that pretty similar level of LeBron-esque play that we expect. But, mm-hmm. you know, I you know, at this point, we're all just waiting for that big injury to happen or well, we're not waiting for it, but if it happens, you just know it's going to be more impactful than if it happened five years ago because – there's a chance that when we saw Kobe when he got his like that big injury, he just wasn't the same after that for his last year and a half. Yeah. And, if and once you get that long, Yeah. Once you get that big injury, then the other injuries start and then you're just never on the floor again. It happened it's happened to everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, time waits for no man. So <laughs> and LeBron started playing, you know, a lot of minutes when he was eighteen. So he's racking up minutes on those knees. Um, not that I think he'll have a knee injury or anything like that because he's a freak, but you know, who knows what kind of injury it'll be, but it'll happen at some point. It could be when he's 40, but you know, athletes break down when they get older. Mm-hmm. Look at Peyton Manning. He went from being one of the best quarterbacks of all time or one of the best quarterbacks in the league to, you know, limping through a Super Bowl that was won by his defense. Yeah. So. There's some irony in the fact he couldn't win it. Couldn't win another one when he was fit, but this could be on the field basically when they won one, but yeah. And maybe LeBron will do that with the Lakers. Who knows? <laughs> but Or will, I mean, how long will he hitch his wagon to this team with them not making the, with them struggling? Yeah. Well, without so, another superstar. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Does he like just say, fuck this and try to get a trade out of there at some point while he's still, I mean, he, he can force a trade anywhere yeah. that he wanted. Probably he's LeBron. So yeah. Trade him for Anthony Davis. No, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but going to Anthony Davis, this is something we talked about yesterday. Um, we were talking about the possibility that the Knicks end up with that first pick, which obviously you're interested in as a semi-Knicks fan. Yeah. Um, 
if they got that number one pick, would they maybe try to trade that for Anthony Davis in a package with, say, Kevin Knox, Tim Hardaway Jr., etc.? Well, I, I, as I said to you yesterday, I just don't think... I think if you get the number one pick, yeah, I think it's stupidity not to just take Zion because... Mm-hmm. He's a freak of an athlete, and probably going to be. He's going to have an impact on the NBA, provided I. He's already got the talent, so it's fitness. Fitness aside, he'll have an impact on the NBA, kind of like a uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James kind of impact as to how he just dominates. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why you wouldn't just take that player because number one pick, you guaranteed him because that's. Unless, that's true. unless it's the Blazers that get the number one pick, then they take the other guy usually. But <laughs> usually, yes. Historically, yes. Um, but yeah, I yeah. As much as it's an interesting proposition, because you'd never turn down Anthony Davis either. But it's the rare situation where the number one pick just seems like such a home run pick that you know you're going to get a generational superstar. That this is the one situation I say you know you hold on to it and take the guy. Especially yeah. as we've just traded away the last superstar that was drafted as a Nick. And there's a certain romance to drafting a player. Like, you know, Damian Lillard, yeah, Lillard we love him because we drafted him, what, sixth or seventh. And he's sixth, come up, yeah. yeah, come up since as, so he's a, you know, lifelong blazer and, well, hopefully. And uh, and we drafted him. So there's he, that special, you get you have that special connection to guys you draft. So I think that's another aspect to it. If Zion can come in and be, who we think he'll be, then he'll be the superstar mm. that the Knicks drafted. You know, like the next, the last one was probably Patrick Ewing. So yeah, exactly. I do just worry about. You know, I think Zion will succeed at the next level, but I do worry about. You know, a lot of number one picks lately have just turned into either mainly just role players or starters that are good, but on a bad team. Because Andrew Wiggins really. Um, I think his stock has really fallen lately just from his, I mean, he still puts up good numbers, but he doesn't have, he doesn't seem like a winner. And I don't know. I mean, that's what's so hard about this one and done in college is do you, how do you know if these guys really have what it takes to win or not, or have that desire to do it? Because when they're in college, they're just putting on a show. Andrew Wiggins put on a show for Kansas. Yeah. But he just doesn't seem to have that desire, that cutthroat quality that you need to win games. I mean, with the talent Minnesota has, they should be a six seed, at least in the West, I think. And just neither him nor Towns have taken on that alpha role to carry him to that level. So that's why I'm saying maybe it would be a good idea to trade for Anthony Davis because at least you know exactly the player you're getting at a professional level. But, yeah, that's fair. Um, and yeah, I, like I said, I'd take Anthony Davis in a heartbeat. There is the one thing I think, of we course. Mentioned, <laughs> I think we'd mentioned the other day as well, or yesterday, actually a few times after you traded him in our fantasy league as well. Um, that was a big moment for me. Got me <laughs> back in the game. Um, <laughs> his uh, injury history. It's not that he's ever had major injuries, but you, you said it yourself when you, you traded him. Uh, he uh, just gets those random, like, you know, what was it a fractured finger on a, Fucking, on the, it was like uh, a, it was like a rebound that bounced up in the air, and he went to grab it, and it broke his finger. It was against Portland. That's why yeah. I was watching, it. and it was just like, how? I mean, I know freak accidents occur, but it seems like Anthony Davis picks up three of them a year, and then he's missing two weeks here and there, and it's just like, of course the Pelicans aren't good. Yeah, they're be- they're 
only good player. Well, I mean, Drew Holiday torched the Blazers in the playoffs last year, but um, he's still just you know an average player, I'd say. Well, he's he's the perfect well, fo- he's the perfect foil for uh, Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis is fit, but exactly. Yeah. But he just picks up these injuries that are so frustrating. And I'm speaking as a fantasy owner, which I know <laughs> people hate fan or uh, listeners hate. But uh, I mean, it is frustrating when you know your superstar. And I'm, I guess I'm speaking from a New Orleans perspective here. Mm. It's frustrating when your superstar just can't seem to stay on the court because of like, you know, back tightness or he broke a finger or he has um, some tonight tendonitis in his elbow. You know, these are all very important things to take care of, but it's frustrating when a guy has all of those things. It's seemingly almost all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's, um, not that that would ever preclude you from trading for him if the right package happened, but I guess that's another factor in my Zion versus AD um, high, you know, trade um, theory that we've got is that Zion, I well, you know, he sprained his knee on that crazy shoe blowout. Um, yeah, the Bo Jackson moment yeah, of his but, career. And, you know, Zion could come in and have injury issues too, but... Yeah, I still I just, doubt it. Yeah, he's just built. You know, I mean, uh, watching fr- some of his phrases uh, for that in Nebraska, he's built like a brick shit house. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, made it down to. Uh, I Australia, have I have but, heard that one down here as well. Okay. Yeah. I I assume the Aussies called it like. Uh, he's stronger than a full-grown wallaby. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> full-grown wallabies aren't that big though, so. But they're probably strong. Yeah, um, yeah. You're probably, <laughs> probably more like those, you know, those kangaroos that you see the photos of that are like fucking yeah. ter- Terry Crews as a kangaroo, basically. <laughs> like, or Zion Williamson yeah. as a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mess with one of those, and I certainly wouldn't mess with Zion because he literally exploded a Paul George shoe, which, yeah. and I'm not saying it's a big deal. It was a Nike, Damian Lillard's on Adidas. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Damian Dame shoe wouldn't have exploded. <laughs> yeah, I guess Dame doesn't. Uh, Dame, for all the things he does have, he doesn't have that much poundage just blasting through a shoe when he tries to stop and cut. But <laughs> that is insane that he that Zion is just too big to wear a designer shoe meant for playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna get have to get like some fucking like he's gonna have to get what is the the stuff in Black Panther like vibranium shoes or something like that to be able to play basketball. <laughs> You're going to be mad at me. I have not seen Black Panther. Yeah, I'm mad and you should see it. <laughs> <laughs> I own a Black Panther. A yeah. Cat, but uh, I have not seen Black Panther yet. Yeah. yeah. No, you should do that because it's, it's fucking great. But most of the listeners will know that, you know, all the two, two that we have will know what I'm talking about because most people have seen it. So Here's what I'll, I'll one-up you on um, the movie Flubber. I feel like he should get oh, some like- Flubber. Put yeah. on, put on the bottom of his shoes, and then they'll never break, and he'll jump out of. I mean, he already he already out jumps of, out of the air, and he out of, he jumps out of the air. He jumps out of this stratosphere anyway. <laughs> yeah, he could dunk on the international space station if he had flipper. <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, yeah, some of those some of his highlights, just you know, the crazy blocks he gets, like jumping at someone who's on the three point line, and he has no right to get a block on because they're so open, and he just somehow jumps yeah. forward and just explodes up and. Gets a it's touch just inexplicable. Yeah. You just haven't seen it. It's yeah. um, it's I'd say it's once in a lifetime, but we've obviously seen Jordan and 
LeBron play, but it does seem to be that level, but he doesn't seem like either of those players at all. That's why, that's why the NBA is so much fun to kind of bring this full circle. I know we still have topics to get to, but to bring it full circle is you can have three different, I mean, the NBA has had a million different dominant players that are completely different sizes and shapes and just do it so much differently. Yeah. Zion doesn't really fit the mold of any player except maybe a young Charles Barkley, but he's still two to four inches taller than Charles Barkley. So who knows what he's going to be in the NBA, but he's not going to be like LeBron or Jordan. He's going to be his own entity. And that's what makes the NBA so fun. You know, in the NFL, you see a bunch of great quarterbacks and there's not really that much difference in how they, I guess, got the job done. You know, Montana and Brady are almost carbon copies of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being Brady was a big Montana fan. It's kind of like, it's very simple. Exactly. Yeah. I guess you got guys coming through, you know, um, Mahomes this year was a a bit of a freak. So it it, it depends if he can continue doing that. Like that's the thing is that still. I'm sure he can because there's no defense for it. Yeah. I mean, the Pats figured it out somehow. I'll oh, still, that, that was just, I still don't understand that game at all. <laughs> that was just luck that the game ended because that, that could have been one of those games that could have just kept on going back and forth and just someone had to win it in the end. It's kind of one of those yeah. shoot, shootout situations. So I did uh, wa- I did turn away from it in the playoffs um, to watch True Detective, and I don't regret it. But um, <laughs> I need to it watch was that frustrating season. it like following it on GameCast on my phone. It's just like, oh my god, there's so much happening in this hour. And then once True Detective ended, I flipped back over and just in time for the Patriots to win. So that was not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that's perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating, but. Yeah, but- uh, yeah, I mean, back to, yeah, it's, um, I mean, even, you know, for all the LeBron-Jordan comparisons, there's, they're very different players in many respects as mm-hmm. well. So it is just fun to see another kind of generational guy come in. Like, I mean, Anthony Davis, again, is is different than a lot of big men have been because he, he can shoot he can shoot from um, the three-point line and, and do different things. So, you know, there is this kind of slow shift that keeps happening every season to season in the NBA with the... Uh, I guess the stretching of the floor that keeps happening with the way the game's going. Of course. Um, so yeah, Zion being able to come in and seeing what he can do in this modern game—that's probably the biggest thing. But yeah, I, yeah, let's yeah, Knicks. If you get the number one pick, which you probably will, because the NBA will rig it. Don't don't trade it. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but as I told you last night, if the Knicks have a right decision to make, they will make not make it. Yeah. They will. They will find a way to mess up having the number one pick and two max slots mm-hmm. i'm not saying this will happen i'm just saying i'm 95 percent sure it, they'll mess this up somehow and they'll end up with a roster of like they'll end up with a third pick and like tobias harris and boogie and um you know rj barrett who's yeah very good we like but... tobias harris and <laughs> yeah boogie and uh you know chris middleton or something like that it'll be <laughs> yeah as much as i love them all like actually you know i love i think tobias harris is great and obviously i love boogie and uh, I like Chris Middleton a lot as well. But, yeah, if you've got two max slots, you need to be uh, – there's KD and Kyrie out there. Those are the guys that you – got to get one of them. Yeah, at least, least one of them, um, if not both. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's the Knicks, so you never know because they're the one team that would have have everything full on their plate, having two max slots and the number one pick and then somehow fuck it up and have their best player be Tobias Harris. So Exactly. and But they do have a top pick coming – you know, one of the top three. 
and two max slots, but who's to say who they bring in are going to be cohesive? You know, I think the Boston Celtics this season are proving that you can have all the talent in the world on a roster, but if it doesn't fit together on the NBA court, and I'm reading a book right now, GL Blazers, that kind of talks about those late 90s to mid-2000, like mid-2000s. Um, they had the the most talent on any NBA roster, they were paying insane amounts of luxury tax on the luxury tax and they couldn't get it done. There was no cohesiveness. There was too much talent on the roster. Everybody Mm -hmm. wanted to play. Everybody wanted minutes. Everybody wanted the ball. So if Kyrie and KD play together, I mean, Kyrie's played with LeBron and KD's played with the Warriors. So you would think they would know how to share, but who's to say it would work. They're both pretty strange dudes. Yeah. Well, I think Kyrie's realized that he maybe is okay with being the second second fiddle now because it doesn't seem to be suiting him this whole uh this whole being the leader of the Celtics. Um whether that's even the situation as well, but then, you know, going to New York's not going to be any any better for uh media scrutiny. But if yeah. he's, if he's maybe got KD as the number one guy, then that probably helps him too because I think KD's he's done it before. Um in OKC, and he's arguably the number one guy in in Golden State. Well, I would say, yeah, I would say he is. But I mean, I think Golden State has two number one guys, if you can even say that. Which I yeah. think, I mean, I think the Lakers did too when they had Shaq and Kobe. It's just super rare that you have two number one guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, who knows? I mean, that's what makes the NBA fun, and we're not even. I mean, we're close to the playoffs, but there's still 20 games left, and we're still when we're talking about the off season. That's that's something I never thought would happen with yeah. the NBA. Um, well, back to season stuff then. Uh, first one, MVP. Where you're at? Where you at? Uh, I think it has to be Harden at the moment, or I at least think that's the way it's going to be. I would, if I had a vote, um, it'd be for Giannis just because I saw him in person. I saw him in person this year, and he's an absolute alien of a person just can do everything and do everything with ease i mean he his shot is not not always there um he's working on it though Mm -hmm. so once he gets that range then he's gonna be i mean maybe he's you know the guy that we're talking about is the next great greatest nba player of all time he really has that build in that game yeah he's got that unique game that makes you uh He's not just a cut. He's Giannis. There's no one else that's exactly done what he's done. Mm-hmm. So that's what that often does help you, as far as legacies go. If you have that signature style, kind of LeBron. Mm. LeBron. If you just picture him, you can picture his highlights and just know what exactly what he looks like. Same You're with strange. Giannis. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I would agree with Giannis being if I had a vote. Um, yeah. One day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get uh, there. Yeah. I. And I think there's a case to be made for it. Like Harden's, Harden's scoring tear that has kind of is what a lot of people are bringing up, and you know it's it's amazing. There's no denying that it is an amazing feat. What was it? I think it ended the other day, but I can't even remember how many games in a row it was plus thirty points. Yeah, but. I don't know at all. I stopped keeping track of it because it was so long. But uh, you know, I know I got snapped, but then he scored fifty eight points. You know, yeah. a couple nights later. So <laughs> he's but, a prolific scorer, that's for sure. But uh, so. With how good he has been playing, should they be a couple spots further up in the standings? Because you look at it and think it's it, they're still struggling to they're in the five spot now. I think um, obviously there's a lot of good teams ahead of them, but being that one of them's Denver, you'd think if you had a Harden doing what they're <laughs> and uh, no disrespect yeah. to Denver, but still 
I have when plenty you... of disrespect for Denver, but <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the Blazers. I mean, we'll talk about our Blazers in a sec because obviously that's our team. But um, yeah. I feel like a, player, a team that has a player go on a historic streak of scoring more than 30 points a game and doing what he does and often scoring 50, 40, whatever it is, there is a case, well, a case to be made that they should be, you know, a few more wins better off. So then the MV, MVP kind of, metrics are weird it's just basically down to what people are liking at the time because you know Westbrook won yeah, it. and I, I, I don't I yeah, don't take exactly. anything away from Westbrook because that he's an amazing player too but I think Giannis actually there is he's got his team in the number one spot in the league so there's yeah, a case to be made that yeah. his play plus his team's record equals you know in this very <laughs> very basic method of doing you know Giannis playing at an MVP level his team's in the number one position equals MVP kind of thing that's where I'm at with it is like I could pick either one, but I think Giannis is having the individual season and then he's having a team season as well that they're in the legitimate, legitimate playoff, uh, you know, finals contender. So, Mm. well, and I'm not going to blow anybody's minds with this, but you know, the West is obviously a bigger slog than the East. Um, I think, I mean, I think the East is maybe more interesting this season just because there's more, good teams than there usually is but yeah well, the sheriff left Arden, town and just left at the wild west for, well the wild yeah, east or the wild east for him so yeah and now it's the bucks and the raptors who are battling for the number one spot it's crazy um you never would have thought that unless lebron played for one of those teams yeah. but um i mean the rockets being the five spot right now they didn't have chris paul for a really long stretch mm-hmm. i think that hurt james harden james harden was scoring a lot of points obviously without Chris Paul he's arguably scoring more with Chris Paul on the floor though but it is good for him to get into that flow offensively with Chris Paul and they play off each other and it's honestly led to a lot more wins obviously Chris Paul being back they're they're gonna win yeah games, Chris Paul but... Chris Paul plays defense a bit more so that helps yeah and, and in and the most the annoying way possible Chris Paul plays defense really well <laughs> but um I guess with Giannis, he doesn't really have that. I mean, Chris Middleton was an all-star, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and he's really good. But uh, I think he's carried that team more. But I just don't think you can deny the points that Harden's put up. And I think after watching the NBA all my life, I I, I would bet on Harden to win just from seeing what NBA writers have done with the vote and you know all yeah. that stuff. Then there is that so. case to be made that it's all storylines. And do they want Harden <laughs> being the back-to-back MVP as you know, I I don't know. I just I, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, I don't. I just don't think he's good enough to be a back-to-back MVP when Kevin Durant hasn't been. You know, Steph Steph won two in a row, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Um, but Steph, I think, was good. And Harden, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just I have a I have an ambivalence Steph towards won Harden. Titles. Yeah. Um, if Harden's back-to-back MVP, it's kind of like I I wonder if we'll look back on it kind of like not exactly the same as Nash. And Nash was great as well, but. That was if a weird just, era. If it would just be a weird thing that, you know, he won two in a row, but his team never really contended. And yeah. and whereas if Giannis, you know, who knows what will happen. I think Giannis would keep tracking up and just be, a, 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 you know, obviously not. Arden's a Hall of Famer. Giannis is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no questions there. But yeah. I just wonder if it will just look weird in the future if the Rockets actually don't do anything. And that's, I know it's a regular season award, but people look back on it with an eye towards what actually happened in that season as well. So. And James Harden, you know, he's really disappeared in the two biggest games of the Rockets season the past two 
two years. So and maybe that's because I, I was really hoping that they'd get through because <laughs> I was just, you know, I, I just was wanting someone for LeBron to beat last year. I thought if the Warriors get through, then they're going to win. Um, so I was really yeah. mad at Harden last year. So that's where probably some of my <laughs> my bias comes from. I'm certainly you should not... have just been happy about the Warriors. <laughs> but I know I'm like one of the last people that enjoys watching the Warriors play basketball and win. And we're watching like a top three dynasty of all time, I think. Maybe the third behind, you know, the Russell's, well, the Jordan Bulls, Russell Celtics, and then. Yeah. I oh, think yeah. The I, think there's, I think there's no question about that now. So. And I love watching that, you know. Yeah. Especially if but, they win, yeah, if they win this year and they've got a three peat, and then they've got the one, they want the one. It was just always Sting is not getting that seventy three win season, but that's yeah, yeah that is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's what I guess. Yeah, the Harden thing. I don't know. I'll be. I won't be mad if he wins it. I just would rather see Giannis win it. I guess. Um, and then there's uh, Paul George is making his late case, but I just don't think he's done enough over the course of the season to be truly yeah. in the discussion. And, and just playing with Russ. I mean, I do think he'll finish third. Um, yeah. Deserve and deservedly so. Because Russell Westbrook really isn't having a very good season. And, I mean, a lot of people think that the Thunder can really give the Warriors a run. I, for one, think the Warriors will win that series in six. But when it eventually gets there, unless the Blazers, you know, find a way to the Western Conference <laughs> <laughs> series. But who knows? I think I do think Giannis has an outside shot at winning the MVP because I do think the writers want to be on the right side. Of, they can, they might want to be on the right side of history yeah. and be like, "This guy is going to dominate the league in unprecedented fashion for the next five years. Let's get ahead of that and give him the MVP before he even starts that." Or will they wait to say, "Oh, he's finally earned it, even though he has earned it this season." But yeah, are they going to wait there's for a very him to there's do a, something in the playoffs? There's a very Oscars-ish kind of way of. The way they <laughs> like, is he gonna get it? Is he only gonna get it like you know when kind of like his revenant season like Leo did finally, or or will yeah. they or will they give it to him for his uh you know departed or whatever? Well, departed wasn't worth it, but his uh, Leo's earlier roles I can't even remember. Oh, he uh, was up for a bunch of them, but yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I, yeah. I guess the thing is, I think we both want to see Giannis win it, but it'll probably be, it'll probably be Harden, and I'm not gonna. I I like watching Harden, and I don't think I don't think he's a I hate it. I hate watching Harden. <laughs> I hate his game. I honestly do. It just seems like multiple loopholes is how he succeeds. And that is maybe true. that's okay, but maybe that, I mean, the league allows it, so he's just exploiting those, and that's what I have to deal with. But I hate watching free throws. It probably comes from covering high school basketball all season long. <laughs> but I hate free throws. It's It just takes the athletes out of the game, and it just makes it this free throw shooting contest. So when... Harden's going 18 of 19 from the line every night. It's just like, all right, cool. This is fun. I guess saying that, do you think that's something that the writers will take into account too? Because there is a lot of, you know, I, I I agree I don't like watching that, but I still just think he's an amazing athlete. So I enjoy watching yeah. what, what he does. But there is, there, I mean, it's no secret that he he has his uh, his uh, step back travels and his uh, draw, drawing fouls <laughs> and, <laughs> and and all that stuff. So and the writers know it and it's it's been well covered in media. So will is that something that'll be taken into account? Because that's been a lot more talked about this year than it was last year in his MVP season. So I mean that's another wrinkle that'll go in there because I don't, not that I've watched too much Bucks, but I don't see that out of yarn. I've only probably watched two Bucks games fully this year because it's just hard to get access to. You're them, in but, Australia, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> 
I guess my thing is what's frustrating with Harden if he did win back-to-back MVPs is what does he do that's the best in the league other than drawing fouls and getting to the line? Mm -hmm. With Steph Curry, best shooter in the league by far, probably the best shooter of all time. Mm -hmm. With LeBron, most athletic player of all time. I think we can say that. Not the tallest or arguably the strongest, but just the perfect mixture of height and build and used it perfectly and had an outside game when he was winning MVPs. Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook, versatility, you know, averaging a triple-double in a season is insane. What is Harden's quality that stands out for him being an MVP, I guess? Yeah, and I guess that's the only thing is, is just he scores a shitload of points. So that might that might <laughs> be it for this year. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I guess I because yeah, I, LeBron off off the top of my head, he does only have three MVPs, doesn't he? League MVP. Yeah. So there's a there's an aspect to it as well, and it's not it's a it's a weird. It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, but it's a ridiculous award. Well, honestly, yeah. When it comes to- and if Harden wins another one, then he's suddenly got two of you know, he's two thirds of the way to having LeBron's total. And and there's a weird thing in my head where writing history books, it doesn't make sense for Harden to be two-thirds as good of an MVP as LeBron because LeBron has been yeah. essentially one of the best... Well, he's probably been the best player in the league his whole career. Um, you know, Steph's been a better shooter at times. Like, like you said, well, at times he's been a better shooter ever since he started shooting. Um, probably when he was doing it while well, Devil was still playing. But, yeah, I just... I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Um... There's just you know, a, yeah, it's a weird storyline. Got thing. one MVP and he was the most dominant player. I mean, I'm looking it up right now, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he only got one MVP award and he was the most dominant player, arguably the most dominant player in basketball that I've ever seen. But they, the writers, just really turn on him because he's a big man and he's you know, it's kind of. I remember getting Shaq fatigue when I was younger watching mm-hmm. him, especially when he got when he went to LA and got you know, heavier than he was when, and less athletic. And he was just using his weight to push people around. Yeah. And uh, maybe writers got tired of that, but I'm pretty sure he only got one MVP. So the MVP award has been fickle over the years. And a lot of people would say Nash didn't deserve to. I mean, there's this, this 93 season when Barkley got it over Jordan and then Jordan took it out on him in the 93 finals. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think writers just get tired of voting for the same guy. So that would be Giannis's chance probably. Kind yeah. of what you said earlier is that they don't want to give this guy back-to-back title. But who knows? Sports journalists are ridiculous. Yeah, and but, I guess there is that right side of history thing too because, um, I mean, just not, not going to soccer, but just for one split second, uh, the Luka Modric one isn't aging well already considering <laughs> Messi's absolutely torching them every time they play. So, yeah, I um, mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but so you know, and yeah. I mean, that's a corrupt, in, corrupt institution. At least with the NBA, you hope that it's being run fairly, yeah. fairly well. I don't know what goes into that award either. In um, with FIFA, probably I don't a, know. Who probably would... a shitload of money and some drugs and maybe a hooker here and there, <laughs> like <laughs> some prostitutes. Yeah. yeah. A yacht uh, in the Mediterranean. <laughs> Robert Kraft is there. Um, yeah. Uh, so moving on to just just to indulge in our own team for a second. The Bla- of course. The Blazers are fun at the moment. It's always nice to be winning. Great, especially on yes. tough on tough road trips. This is this is unprecedented. I I, um, I was talking with a fellow pod friend, Vince via Twitter. Is mm-hmm. you know what we thought 
what we thought was going to happen going into this road trip. And we thought four and two best case scenario. And I think they're four and one now with um, they're either four and one. It might've been a seven game road trip. I'm not quite sure on that, but they're either four and one or five and one on whatever. And with the last game coming in Memphis, which should be a win. Granted yeah. they're Memphis is giving um, somebody a hard time right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Thunder, yeah. They're playing the Thunder right now without Paul George, so that shows how important George is, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's yeah, been fun. The, um, the only loss being that um, that game against Toronto, which was took a last second, uh, you know, Kawhi winner, and, you know, he scored 38 in that game. Sometimes you just lose those games. The promising yeah. thing being that we were in the, in a game against the second-best team in the East at their home in Toronto. Yeah. and Arguably the best team in the East as well because yeah. them and the Bucks are just, you know battling it out up top but yeah but to go to the nets and win and the nets are actually playing playing pretty good basketball you know d'angelo russell mm. actually being an all-star and uh being the 76ers at their home they're also one of the east best teams and then being without mb but i will take it yeah and, and then be, you know, with mb earlier in the season so yeah you know um you know beat the Cavs. you should do <laughs> um <laughs> yep. everyone should beat the Cavs apart from the knicks um and then, you know, yeah. beating the Celtics, even d- despite all their, uh, you know, craziness that is the Celtics at the moment, still beating them at, at the Garden um, with their stars and is still good. Yeah, so... That was a big win. National television, you know, the Boston crowd showed showed up on a Wednesday night ESPN game, you know. That yeah. was a big win. That was a big road win. I've seen them get blown out in Boston before because they just, you know, on this road trip that they seem to make at this time of the year every year. I've seen them have to travel there. It's an sometimes it's an early game. They get blown out, but yeah, they're. I mean, I just mean, to, just this morning. Well, this morning for me, I guess this morning for everyone in the in the north in the northwest as well. It was noon for me, which um, is basically. Yeah, it was like four a.m. or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they 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 beat Charlotte. So you know, and that another team that's got like you know can play pretty well when they get it going. So I don't know. I've. I did this last year and then it it completely backfired into the most worst <laughs> sweep that I've ever watched the <laughs> most Blazers. Worst. The most worst. Um I'm, I know the worstest. Yeah. <laughs> uh that we had against the Pelicans. So but then so I talked myself that into was brutal. It. at one point last year when we were in that really good run of form towards the end, I talked myself into all the scenarios that would have the Blazers in the uh the finals because that's what you do as a fan. You it just you somehow work it out in your head that it's possible and I'm starting to do it again. Because they're playing well. Oh and... God! Don't do it. <laughs> I know. Warriors are insane. <laughs> <laughs> but where do you? But th- just to make the Western Conference Finals, I think would just be huge. And I know, like, mm-hmm. they don't hand out participation trophies for that. But and a lot of fans feel that if you're not in the finals competing for a title, that then what are you doing? But I think that's still huge for the city and huge for the team to get to the Western Conference Finals. Even I think that would be a huge moment for the Blazers. Well, it's it, it, exposure not just um obviously in the u.s but the sport becoming such a worldwide league because i can tell you that the the thing i see you see premier league jerseys and you know you know real madrid Barca, or whatever all over the place in australia, oh, yeah. in australia the last couple of years i've noticed it's almost 50 50 that there's just as many people walking around with some form of nba jersey whether it be you know see a few lillard ones around which is crazy that's awesome that's so, it's yeah. so much fun to see that in australia but yeah you see obviously you see simmons ones everywhere and um, but I saw someone. With, oh yeah, <laughs> I saw someone with a Lonzo Ball jersey at the bowling alley the other day. So you know, it's just everywhere. So for the Blazers to get to the Western Conference Finals is obviously an exposure aspect to it. But 
There's also, you know, Dame's come out and kind of hopefully reaffirmed his long, like the fact that we think he'll be here for, uh, try to be here for the next few years and see what we can do. But yeah. if we can get to the Western Conference Finals with the team we have, it also, it, you know, it strengthens your position in trying to get those little pieces to come to Portland. You know, whether it's not going to be the top tier ones, but it's even just trying to sign those guys to put around them. If you can, you know, get veterans or whoever that you're trying to sign to just strengthen your strengthen your bench, strengthen your squad to try and get, you know, Lillard and hopefully CJ, uh, depending on what they try to do with trades, um, you know, that next level into the finals in the next couple of years. And it's not only that, it's the experience of, of going to a Western Conference Finals and knowing what it's going to be like, especially yeah. if AD leaves Golden State and say you're the second best team in the West and KD leaves Golden State, DeMarcus Cousins is leaving Golden State, you know, it's just Steph and Clay again. How do they how do they perform without another superstar? I'm sure mm-hmm. they'll still be a great team, but that's losing a lot of talent. And, if and they're the also on the wrong the side West, of You could probably. pounce all over that. Yeah. You could pounce all over that. So I think it would be huge for mm-hmm. us. Uh, I, I did not say us. For the Blazers <laughs> to make a run in the playoffs. Um, I think last season was a little flukish. Um, Lillard and McCollum just played terribly in that series, and mm-hmm. Drew Holiday played out of his mind. I think I tweeted at that time that uh, in a Monstars fashion, going back <laughs> to Spain, I think Drew Holiday took Lillard's talent away from him, yeah. and they just switched talents, and that's how that happened. But I don't see that happening again this year, but uh, talk to me in late April, and uh, maybe I'll be devastated again. <laughs> You, it was brutal. It'll be you and me both, because yeah, I it, it's stupid to do it, but that's what I mean. That's what you do as a fan of a team that's not, um, you know, especially in the NBA when you're a fan of a team that's a smaller market. Uh, all you have is your uh, your pipe dreams, really. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, I, I, and you know, again, but that's what makes it fun. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, again, ag- again, talking about a friend of the pod and fellow Potter Vince. Um, I know he he texted me it was probably a couple of months ago. We're talking sports and. He said, you know, I'm, I'm real, realistically, I, I know with my experience as a sports fan that probably hope expecting to see the Blazers win a title in my lifetime is possibly just unattainable. But yeah. And then I just texted back, yeah, I get that. And that's probably like where I'm at too. But then I always hope that you just have that, you know, Dallas showed in 2011 that get the right run together. It's, you know, anything's possible. So absolutely. Um, and Vince is a Red Sox fan and I'm a Cubs fan and we both. I mean, he's spoiled now, but <laughs> I, he got a world series. He got several world series. Cubs got a world series. You know, I never thought I'd see the Cubs win a world series. I mean, if the Cubs can win a world series in my lifetime, then the Blazers can too. Yeah. So, I mean, anything can happen. And I'm saying even with this group, I think they're just, they're so close to being where they need to be. As a title contender, they just need a shakeup in the West, and that shakeup is Golden State breaking up, mm-hmm. breaking up a yeah. little bit. You know, they're not going to break up completely, but I think a lot of teams, and I think the Thunder are waiting for that. I think the Rockets are waiting for that, and I think the Blazers are waiting for that. Yeah, well, I think so that's the, even you know Paul George signing uh, signing on at OKC was realizing that you know gets along with Westbrook okay, which is probably like not everyone's going to do that, but. No, and he and he probably realized you know maybe this team can be that one that pounces when uh, when Golden State do do splinter a little bit. Um, you know, I mean, even you know Clay's not it. Yeah, I don't know if Clay will stay or not, but there's always the talks that because he seems know, like he'll stay. It's just that it's yeah. just kind of his nature. And it's that, just and it's that a, Lake, and it's that obvious Lakers connection too. So 
Um, that, but I don't think I think Clay is one of my favorite NBA players of all time. Not just because mm-hmm. I've had him on my fantasy team forever, but just because he <laughs> just he's so to use the vernacular of our time. Maybe this is lame now, but he's just so chill. He's yeah. like a very like down to earth guy, and just seems to really be having fun with it. And ha- and he knows he could be the superstar on a team, but he's cool with winning titles. Is you know second second fiddle i guess yeah i mean third fiddle fourth fiddle whatever you want to call it but i oh, still like the, just, spl- the splash brothers guy. like there'll be you know documentaries and movies well maybe not movies Can't but wait. there'll be things made about the splash brothers and they'll that that term will go down in history in the nba as as a defining moment in you know defining five years or whatever it's going to be of the of the nba history and he'll be one of the two people two you know splash brothers that's part of that so you know there is that kind of Speaking of legacies again, you know, even for guys that aren't the number one on the team, you know, he knows that his legacy is tied to Steph. So, um, you know, knowing. Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, Pippen's legacy is tied to Jordan, but he won six titles. Yeah. So, I mean, is he really upset about it? I mean, I know. Oh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, I think Clay would be more than happy to uh, to accept that because, um, yeah. I mean, basketball fans know how valuable he is. They know that that first title as much as it was Steph being in an MVP year and whatever, you know, the first title still doesn't happen if Clay's not there. So, you know, he's as important, you know, pieces are important. I mean, they weren't winning when he, when Clay wasn't shooting well earlier this year, like yeah. Clay w- had a terrible start to the season and they, I mean, Warriors stumbled out of the gate, but yeah, he found it and now they're, you know, they're rolling. So yeah. I think that's the biggest thing standing in the way of, you know, Blazers hope, I guess mm-hmm. is just, knowing that probably one of the three best NBA teams of all time is in just in our way. And again, I didn't say R, I meant the Blazers. And uh, <laughs> It's our pod, we can say whatever we want. <laughs> what's frustrating about it is, you know, I probably wasn't a Blazers fan in 2000, but I was rooting for him against the Lakers because I just kind of started hating Shaq when he got traded from the Magic or forced his way to LA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um is that 2000 series when they ran into arguably one of the greatest teams of all time with Shaq and Kobe and had a 15 point lead in the fourth quarter and blew it yeah. <laughs> against and really kicked off the start of one of the greatest runs in NBA history with the Lakers. You know, if the Blazers beat them in that series and then they win, they win the 2000 finals, but mm-hmm. instead the Lakers won three straight. So that's why basketball is a funny game. Yeah. Um, uh, I was I had a train I had a train of thought and I lost it so <laughs> hey that's <laughs> always, that's always... this podcast to a T yeah we're, we're living up to the hype <laughs> um but yeah no I, I yeah, like I said I'm talking myself into it but I yeah realistically I think and and it all depends how how the seedings finish after the regular season but yeah a, a run to the conference finals and then you know once you get into a seven game series even if it is against Golden State you never know you know by then you know KD goes down injured or Steph ankle starts flaring up again. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what opened the door for, uh, as well as Draymond punching LeBron in the nuts. You know that that little <laughs> yeah. that little door opening in the uh, the 2014 or 15 finals, 16. What am I talking about? Um, that door opening. I mean, is, they, yeah. I mean, they've played so many times; it gets confusing. Yeah. But uh, um, just having those little doors open is all you need for it. So you know, that's part of being a sports fan. We just live in hope yeah. live in hope and drink that's what makes drink it heavily when it is hope reality reality dawns yeah <laughs> i mean it's that hope that keeps you coming back every year and then i mean 
realistically, we need to finish it, hopefully finish with the third spot, which we're currently in. Mm-hmm. The Blazers are currently in the third spot. I don't, I doubt that they keep it. And that sucks because if we finish fourth or fifth, that means we would get Golden State in the second round. Yeah. But, um, so finishing third, I would almost rather finish sixth than finish fourth or fifth. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'd like, cause I, I think the Blazers could beat whoever finishes third, especially if it's the Nuggets, which mm-hmm. I think will end up happening. And then play, say, like the Rockets in the second second round. Yeah, and hopefully I think, Harden. I by... think they have a chance against them. Yeah, so. well, Harden by then will be shit again, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we've half talked about the offseason already, but I guess just where do you think everyone will end up? Because I... I... <laughs> oh my god that's the hardest question i think i've been asked well, d- so podcast. do you think so we have talked about it yesterday but i wanted to see what you thought like genuine like kd where do you do you think he's the uh, nick's thing is genuine or is it just i think nick's is about 80 percent right now i'd yeah. say he's gonna go to the Knicks. yeah i mean he moved his businesses to new york so that's usually a telltale sign mm-hmm. i guess but... that's the same thing that happened with lebron and the lakers so well, he did that, and he bought a couple mansions in LA. Yeah. Well, he already had one, but he bought another one. Um, so that's big. So if KD goes there, I don't know if Kyrie will want to go there. I mean, he said that he was frustrated that everybody thought that he was just going to follow KD somewhere. Mm. Um, but then you see him palling around at All Star at the All Star game um, and All Star game practices. Maybe they're just messing with the media on that one. I could easily see that with KD and Kyrie. Yeah. But uh, they seem to get along. They referred to, I think Kyrie referred to KD as one of his best friends. So, I mean, again, these are young men. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the Anthony Davis thing, is he going to get, you would think he's going to get traded in the offseason and Boston will finally have enough to trade for him in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I guess, would you trade Jason Tatum for him right now? I think I would, yeah, yeah. As as good as I think Tatum, I think Tatum's uh, very, very good. I would say I don't think he's. I'm not sure he's ever going to get to that. You know, there's no. I haven't seen enough yeah. to think that he's going to get to an all star kind of level. You know, build your team around him or anywhere close to even being the number two guy. So, and that if you're uh, banking on the fact that's not going to happen, then yeah, you trade him. You trade him and whatever you need to. It's probably Tatum and someone else. I would think. Uh, who who I don't know, but yeah, I one pick and stuff like that. But. Yeah, whatever package around Tatum, but yeah, I I I'd do it. Yeah, to get Anthony Davis, especially if you're matching him up with uh, I guess Gordon Hayward's there for a couple, at least two more years in the contract. Man, that is a guy who's fallen off hard. Yeah, well, that was probably one of the most devastating moments to ever have. Like you know, I don't have any hate towards Gordon Hayward, so seeing him that injury at the start, I have so much hate toward Gordon Hayward, and it involves him following Charlie Kirk and um. You know, oh, well, say yeah, well, stuff. didn't know about that one, so yeah, that changes my opinion. <laughs> I'll explain it off air because I don't want to get super political on here, but <laughs> like I have in the past, probably because I'm not drinking as much as I had in the past on the pod. But <laughs> <laughs> tune into our soccer podcast when I have another glass of wine, and we'll see if I get angry enough to start ripping Gordon Hayward super hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he has, yeah, I mean, even if he's he started playing a little bit better lately, but still, it's not not the not what the Celtics thought they were getting. But um, and what happens with Horford and it's just I guess um, yeah. those are like 
some of the middle dominoes to fall, I guess my question for you would be, where do you think Anthony Davis ends up? Is And do you think he leaves in the summer? I think he leaves in the summer. Um, where he ends up is a little interesting because I think like he wants the Lakers and obviously, you know, LeBron's, he hasn't even hit it, you know, the, that photo from All-Star Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just... And just the all-star draft, Giannis calling him out when he picked Anthony Davis with his first pick. Yeah. Giannis just going, that's collusion. (laughs) Everybody knows what's happening. The Lakers just couldn't get their way. I just don't understand how if Anthony Davis gets traded for this summer, how they're not going to slap the Lakers with collusion on that. Uh, But whatever. Lakers have been through it before and come out the other end just fine. Yeah, I mean, well, um, I guess this is a good segue. Um, Yeah, we can talk about more off-season stuff another time, but we were talking uh, through text before about the uh, Pauli League, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Collusion just happens all the time, right? Like, I mean, Katie, Katie obviously was coming into being a free agent, but, you know, as soon as they lost that, those finals, apparently, I think it was Draymond said he rang KD straight away and was just like, and, you know, there was yeah. this, that, talk, that probably wasn't the first time it had come up either. Like, let's be honest. So... Yeah, I mean, it's super weird, too. I heard this story about um, <laughs> Ron Artest um, after the Lakers lost to the Celtics, I think, in the championship. Kobe was just in the showers of the Staples Center, and Ron Artest like, walked in there fully clothed and was like, Kobe, it's going to be all right. I'm going to be here next year. Like That is a story I legitimately heard. Um, <laughs> that That happened. I don't know if that counts as collusion. It definitely counts as super fucking weird. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess, and we hinted at this a little bit earlier um, with the players and everything, is it? it's an unprecedented time that these guys are just getting to play with their friends. Mm-hmm. But are Paul George and Russell Westbrook friends, or did they become friends because they played together? That's what I'm saying. And can you... Do you have to play with someone you're really close with to win titles a la Wade and LeBron, or can you just learn to work with another superstar and become really good friends, kind of like Paul George and Russell Westbrook have? Yeah. It, it's confusing right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess it can happen both ways. I think more the more what I was thinking about was um just how – I mean, there, there is like – there's obviously they just all talk, they text, they – I mean, fucking Instagram likes get get – scrutinized very cryptic yeah analyzed yeah. every time one happens that people think they can link to a uh, a player move so you know if you know what if katie ever just follows the new york knicks on instagram in the next few weeks that'll just fucking blow up everything on twitter so yeah like when um, lebron unfollowed the Cavs. yeah just, <laughs> i mean it just speaks to how ridiculous our generation is and just the fact that that's how we all go about like social media is such a big deal that if you unfollow somebody or something like that, you're really proving a point or something. It's so ridiculous. I don't, I just think professional sports and NBA is the first, the really, the biggest, uh, I don't know the word for it. I mean, NBA stars are constantly doing this stuff and it gets talked about in NBA, Instagram, NBA, Twitter gets talked about more than any NHL, Twitter, yeah, NFL, Twitter, it's NBA, Twitter that has its own life force and stuff like that. And, I think that just I think they're on the cutting edge of what our generation is. Yeah. I guess. I um, think the NFL is lagging behind seriously. And we'll talk about that on a different podcast. But Yeah. Well, I guess yeah, I'm getting to the point that we were talking about before is uh I mean we we're both like you know, passive people as far as our our outlook and actual human, you know, 
conflict and whatever. But as far Absolutely. as just the NBA, sometimes it would be it just seems a little too nice to each other most of the time. And I, I don't know whether that's part of this generation of everyone being connected on social media or maybe they're just so aware of how much they are watched that, you know, the malice in the palace just won't happen anymore. But um, Well, the fans can still throw stuff at people. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also, I think the bigger aspect of it is AAU basketball and that these kids have known each other since the time they were like 12 and grown up around each other. So yeah, that's fair. I would, I would personally think that that would create more rivalries, but it apparently has just created this really big network of friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were talking about earlier that, you know, is all this friendship stuff just a facade because they're trying to angle to play together and win championships. And so I I guess the interesting thing that we were talking about earlier would be what are the feuds that we don't know about? Yeah. You know, everybody's nice on camera, but what are, what are we missing? And I think I think as we were saying, a good 30 for 30 about that will happen about that or a book or something. What was yeah. really going on behind the scene of the friendship era? But. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, we had, like, after that finals where the, the Cavs won, there was the cupcakes with the, you know, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's all those little things. You see that little bit of needle where you know there's, but I sometimes I, I don't know if it's they're actually genuinely serious or it's just a little bit of matey banter, I guess. And I'd just love well, to... Well, Westbrook and KD got into it. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that... Friends. Yeah. So I, don't, I just don't know what this... is a weird generation of just lots of friends and trying to move around and... Yeah, I guess that's the wrap up to it. Is that it's just, um, yeah, it's a it's a fun generation at the moment. Like it's, it's just an amazing time to be a basketball fan. But there is also those really thing, is. there is those little things in the background that are just like players moving whenever they want, and and just this weird generation of players just all getting along most of the time. And even if they, considering the rivalries that I've built and LeBron's, you know, yeah. just. I just feel like someone would have hit somebody at some point <laughs> more often, but yeah. it's just, well, I, I think it is Draymond just, did hit LeBron in the nuts. Yeah. I don't think Draymond, I don't think the Warriors and LeBron like each other very much. I will say that. Yes. And that's he, one of the biggest feuds. And I don't think the Warriors and Russ get along very well. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two biggest things right now. But we still just don't but, see enough of it. At, like we, we can all kind of, uh, you know, get that from it after looking into it a bit, but we just still don't actually see much. It just seems to be like they just, you know, go their separate ways. And, yeah, there's just that part of me that, you know, that semi-pro, you know, let's go to an ad break and somebody hit somebody, like, just get it out in the open. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not condoning, viol- like, violence in any way. It's just you do just like to see that little bit of that, passion, that pure passion, like, especially in a day and age where players just seem to be moving so much that you just start to wonder if they really care too much about whatever team they're on. Um it does. That's why I liked Ennis Canner just getting up and going after Simmons the other day, even though nothing really happened of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was looking back on it when we were talking about it earlier and thinking back on it, you know, last year, the Houston Rockets did try to storm the Clippers locker room. That's at fair. I completely and, forgotten about that. That's <laughs> And it wasn't too long ago that Ron Artest elbowed James Harden super hard in the face while uh, celebrating in that Lakers Thunder series. I mean, that was long ago because Harden played for the Thunder, but that was pretty violent. (laughs) So it still does happen. It's just not like the eighties or nineties were, where, you know, a scrap could happen at any time because the teams really didn't like each other. Yeah. And I guess that's what, like the, yeah, it's kind of, you've met, you've kind of helped, helped me get to my point, but with the players moving around so much, it just seems like the, the, uh, the team, 
love like you know you know the, the Knicks of the nineties. Like even though they never won anything, there was like a team there, and then you know the Bulls they stuck together. Like pieces moved, but I guess the Warriors mm. are a team that has very much stuck together in their core as much as the in the, the core, little, yeah, little pieces they've added. But a lot of other teams just seem to pieces move so much. So there's no core that just stays there for you know five ten years mm. and uh, gets like this so much um, passion there that they will defend their court, defend their, you know, defend their colors, so to speak, that they're, you know, whatever they're wearing because they have that pure actual passion for the team they're on. Um, you know, I think that's what's refreshing about Lillard for us as fans, like how he's come out and said how much he loves the city. And I, that's what I like about this Blazers core we're building. But you just don't see as much yeah. of it where teams are just really, you know, passionate and holding holding down the court and holding down the fort. And and they'll hit somebody if they, if they criticize the team rather than themselves or whoever they're, you know, it seems mm. like it's a lot more like they they get into personal feuds, but team feuds aren't so much. Apart from obviously your Warriors and Cavs back in a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. yeah, and that's gonna happen, um, when you play a team that much. But yeah, it's just a weird era of basketball, and I honestly have no idea where it's headed. But at least we're here right now, and it's a lot of fun. Even though you know, if like I said earlier, if I was a fan of New Orleans right now, I'd just be absolutely devastated because my franchise is just being held for ransom by a superstar player who's being led by an agent who is one of the most premier agents because he's best friends with one of the two best players in NBA history. It just, it just seems so weird. It seems like a crime novel almost without anybody, without any crime really. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it depends who you ask. There might be some crime involved. (laughs) Well, if new Orleans loses their franchise, I'll be bummed. Yeah. Um, Especially with that Pelicans rebrand the other day, I was like uh, the other year. Yeah. Um, I was super <laughs> excited that we we're gonna have a team called the Pelicans, and it's just it sucks that they don't do much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess we can like just to wrap up this pod, and we're gonna do another one in a sec about doing talking some soccer, but uh, mo- moving to uh, another sport over your side of the ditch, um, the Bryce Harper contract. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, hitting on that. Uh, yeah. 13 years. Wild, right? <laughs> I mean, what's your takeaway from that? Well, you know, I've, I've often, like, I've had criticisms in the part, like, we've had the, the um, Albert Pujols deal, um, the Cano deal to um, the Mariners, and then even back in, you know, 10 years ago with Alex Rodriguez signing his massive contracts. Um, my takeaway has always been that I don't know why the, these, you know, the, the long-term deals that happen in... Um, baseball just blow my mind because you just never see them in many other sports um hockey has no. them, hockey has the occasional ones but um yeah it's just a different sport too yeah. though um and that usually happens when they're younger yeah and that's what i mean like you know Pujols signed a 10-year deal at 30 like i don't know I, who, who runs teams that, but i guess that's because the the players know they can get it from somewhere so they they get it but i feel like yeah, just, but- at some point there's got to be a revolution in baseball contracts and how they do them and I feel like, as, and I mentioned this earlier off air, but the Dodgers reported deal that they offered Harper was like more money for four years. Ton of money. But it was, yeah. just, it was just four years. So they could get, you know, there wasn't any long-term hold down. It was 45 mil a year for four years. Uh, so That's probably insane. the four years that he's going to be at his best, obviously. Yeah. And they're a team that's contending for World Series titles the last two years. So obviously it's a, the right situation to go to in theory. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. I I, I, I liked that idea that the Dodgers had, but then obviously Harper knew that he could get the security somewhere, and that's what he was looking for. And 
I just it still do, doesn't make sense to me that teams offer these deals that are obviously going to bite them in the bite them in the ass like halfway in usually like Pujols one the Cano one already doesn't look that great you know no not at all and I just I mean none of them ever have ended up great at the end I mean the no. Rodriguez one I mean was, A-Rod it, a little bit but still at the end of it it was like man you guys are paying him 25 million dollars a year and he ended up on a different team <laughs> it's kind well, of the A-Rod the A- Yankees one was an abomination in the end because he, yeah. he was obviously out for years with uh, um, the, the drug scandals and all that stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> but something just while you, you were talking about that, it just made me think that maybe some of these GMs are like, well, if somebody's going to give this guy 13 years for that amount of money, it's not going to be a team in contention, really. And mm-hmm. I mean, the Phillies will probably be in contention next year. But if you're the Yankees and you're like, okay, Bryce Harper wants a 13-year deal for over $300 million, I don't really care if we sign him as long as the Red Sox don't sign him or somebody in the AL signs him. And another team he was possibly going to go to is the White Sox. Mm -hmm. If you're the Yankees and Bryce Harper goes to the White Sox, you're like, wow, they really overpaid that guy. Do I even care? Because they're not going to be in the mix for at least another couple years. I mean, they have a super talented farm club, but... I, I'm starting to wonder that with these guys that are asking big deals because Machado ends up in San Diego. Yeah, you know, well, that's... You're like, the Yankees, you're like, okay, cool. I'm super glad we didn't sign him for 10 years for the money that he wanted. Yeah, especially because, you know, he's going to go to San Diego and unless San Diego can somehow, which I don't think they will, build a team around him, like, you're just never going to hear about him again. So Yeah. I mean, Hosmer <laughs> just did that for a ton of money. Just went to San Diego, and when's the last time you heard about Eric Hosmer? Uh, when he was still at Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now they have both of them, and I don't know, maybe if they get some pitching. But they're in a they're in a fairly tough division with Arizona and Los Angeles, obviously, and the mm-hmm. Giants are always in play. So, if I mean, if you're the Cubs, even are you mad that Machado? Maybe you're mad that he's come over from the AL to the NL, but you would have to be happy to just be like, okay, he went to the Padres. I'm glad we're not paying him $300 million over 10 years or whatever that deal ended up. I think it was eight years something. But Exactly. I think I say the other f- interesting thing about these these couple of deals that have happened is, you know, the Yankees were mentioned, at least by media, is like, oh, they'll be in on Machado and they'll be in on Harper. And I'm sure they, you know, kicked the tires and did all the things. They definitely it, were. They uh, were on board, Yeah, but, but the, the fact that they decided not to, they didn't see the worth in signing... Machado, I don't think I, I would have. If I was going to pick one, you know, obviously it would be Harper. Um, then that's no question. But, you, but but the Yankees already have a loaded outfield. You know, yeah, and, and then just doesn't really make sense. Yeah, so I feel like there has been a little bit of a change in baseball. That the fact that um these you know the Yankees and the you know the Red Sox when they did it with uh oh, I'm trying to think those guys they signed back in what 2010 2011. Um, I'm completely blank, blanking. One uh, Camp was Camp one of them. Probably, I. I mean, that's so long ago. I can't. Yeah, there was that season that they they blew 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 their load in a couple of players, and I'm, I'm just playing. <laughs> and then and then they didn't work out, and they traded both of them um, within a couple of years. And since then, Pablo Sandoval might have been one of them. Around no, it wasn't then, Sandoval. But... I'm going to look it up while we're talking. But my point being that um, they. It doesn't always work. Yeah, and I think they've both learned. The Yankees have learned it. Like they they made the trade for Stanton, obviously. Um, but they know Which that Peter gave him a ridiculous deal. Yeah. Placated the Yankees. Um, yeah. <laughs> Agent Derek. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't even bother looking up the Red Sox one. But the point being that these teams that are in the position where they're already contending and they've already got a pre, pretty decent squads, they're not. They don't feel like they have to go out and get these big guys anymore. And even you know the Yankees used to be that team that would, if anyone was on the plate, then they get them, and they just they're not. So that these these players are getting the deals they want, but they're having to go to you know fucking yeah. San, San Diego, which obviously San Diego is probably going to be great for living, but I don't know about baseball. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see on that. I mean, yeah. I have no idea. Maybe the Padres can build a winner, but I also think that just the the big players on like teams that could actually win a World Series have already made their moves. You know, the Red Sox picking up JD Martinez last year was huge. Like yeah. that got them the World Series. Also, I think he's on steroids, but that's a different story. <laughs> but you know, the Yankees got Stanton. Um, these teams have gone out and. You know, I think the Dodgers really would have liked to got to get Harper because that's kind of what they were. I mean, that would help them when I really think it'll be between Boston and New York this season or mm-hmm. the Astros. I mean, the Astros are crazy because they don't have to go out and get their farm system was so good that they don't have to go out and get that big name. But, I don't, you know, I think just the big players already have they th- what they think they need. And so Machado and Harper just never even factored in. And I think both those guys have a ton of baggage harper honestly outside of his mvp season his numbers are pretty mediocre he just tries really hard which is cool if you're a fan and machado's baggage obviously a lot of people think he's a punk yeah i mean the playoffs kind of proved that or not proved it but he kind of acted like one and there's concerns about hustling and no one's going to care in san diego if you hustle just hit 35 home runs for us and we'll be happy yeah i mean that, that is the other the other uh, question isn't it, about both of them is that they're not super explosive guys as far as the um big hitting goes or anything like that so um and yeah harper for all his talent has never had apart from I mean, even the mvp season has never as a bit while i'm talking um way to be <laughs> yeah there is that concern that well i mean harper look the deal is going to be good for the phillies i can't imagine it not being but for the first four or five years of it, maybe, but then that's yeah. Again, yeah. It comes down to the length of the contract and and Harper apparently, like I think he instructed um, his agent for it. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. That was what they were looking for. Is he wanted to go to a place that he was going to be for the next, I guess, however long he wants to be, essentially. Yeah, and on that same note, though, Boris wanted. I think the reason it got up to 13 years is because Boris wanted the biggest MLB contract of all time. Mm-hmm. So it had to go all the way to 13 years. And that's just an aspect of Asians fucking up baseball. Yeah. <laughs> like that's super fucking lame that like 13 years in 13 years, who knows if Bryce Harper is still even going to be alive. I mean, the planet might honestly not sustain human life in 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's a ridiculous deal. Yeah. And you're going to want to be paying him, you know, what, $25 million a year when he's 38? I mean, maybe he'll still be producing, but... Yeah, you know. and I guess it depends this how... I guess it depends where baseball contracts go. And, you know, in 10 years, they might be... Um, I can't imagine them exploding, but, you know, that may not look like such a bad number, but it, especially if he's a producing a little bit. But, yeah, no, I don't know. I. It's obviously... I knew that whatever deal he was going to get was going to be big. I just didn't... I. Thought, I just thought the Dodgers were probably going to be the one he'd go to just for a contending point of view. But it shows that, you know, some of them, you know, it's funny in the NBA, they, they really chase rings whenever they can, though, apart from Melo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Melo tried. It just, 
didn't work. And then he was just okay <laughs> with the money. But yeah, whereas baseball, it's yeah. um there is there is obviously Harper's hoping or uh, expecting that the Phillies will contend. Uh, I mean, I think they'll be good. I yeah, just... but he's he was he, the money was the money and the security was first and foremost. Um, yeah. And then Machado, obviously, the money and the security was first and foremost because it wasn't he wasn't going to San Diego to contend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they think they could contend, but we'll see. I mean, oh, that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah, <laughs> who know, who knows? Yeah. I mean, baseball season is far away at this point, but it, I think something that was interesting is that it did take so long for both of them to sign, which I think shows that a lot of teams were reluctant to play the game that has been the standard lately, which is offering those big contracts. Because in the past, I think the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers or the Cubs, any of these big market teams, I think they would have just made a splash on it. But I think they're really battling back against all these teams have been burned by those long contracts before. So it's going to take, you know, the Padres and the Phillies who really haven't. to. And I think you're going to start seeing fewer and fewer teams doing it doing it once they get burned by it but it might take the Padres 10 years to realize that so, yeah you know. yeah oh that's good I, I didn't want to spend too long on it because you know we'll talk more baseball when it gets closer but yeah it's yeah. just being that March it's, 3rd so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, plenty of time yeah oh well, I think that one probably wraps us about up for this one um, you know this isn't sponsored so that's pretty much it <laughs> there's no reads <laughs> there's no reads to do I just Shout End out it. to the All Fantasy Everything podcast. Best podcast going. <laughs> Shout out to Quinnipiac University. Shout out to Damian Lillard. That's all I got. Yeah, I just shout out. I don't know. Lo- <laughs> love your wifey. I don't know. She's not going to listen to this anyway. <laughs> I don't think she listens <laughs> to him. Adelaide. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, we'll be back with another one real soon. Stay, stay sports. I haven't done this Literally for a while. Yeah, stay sports, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs>